welcome back to Draco's Den, and I am uh, just back from a trip home. I went back to St. Louis, so today's show is um, kind of for me to talk about the trip and um, my thoughts, feelings, and so on after um, being there for five days and now being back home, so not going to beat around the bush too much. Um, so, um, originally I chose the dates that I chose because there was a wrestling show. The NWA had a two pay-per-views, uh, in St. Louis. And I think they did some TV recordings and that was originally why I chose these dates. But unfortunately I did not get tickets before the event sold out. However, that was, you know, the reason for these dates, but not the reason for the original trip. Honestly, the, the primary reason for the trip was basically to go home and see my three sons, um, who, as y'all should remember, if in case you don't, I refer to them by their ages for legal reasons because they're foster children. So they are now 18, 15 and nine. And the nine year old will be 10 in November. Um, so this was the point of this and i'm going to get a little bit of ranting and frustration in here because there were some frustrating bits um now the only one of my children that i can communicate with directly easily it normally is the 18 year old my oldest son um since he's you know when i had him he was working and had his own phone and he has maintained that even after you know i left and and after he left my home um but you know we've over the past several months have you know gotten closer again because we're able to talk and he's able to see you know some of the things that you know the went on between us weren't because i'm just mean for the sake of being mean he kind of understands i do everything i do for my sons with the best of intentions and that's not to say that everything i did was 100% right, but it, at this point, he can at least understand that nothing I did was malicious, and I wasn't just mean. I wasn't being mean. I wasn't actually just being controlling. There were reasons and methods to my madness. So over the past, I don't know, seven, eight months, we've actually, you know, been able to connect regularly, stay close. You know, I'm still apparently saved his dad in his phone. He still calls me pops when he's talking to me or he'll switch to dad or daddy, you know, depending on his mood and what the conversation is and basically what he's asking me for. Because honestly, I, I, I kind of noticed and he may disagree, but it's what I see when he's calling to ask me for something, ask me for my help with something. It's not like he calls and asks me for money a whole lot. He's only asked me for money one time and I gave it to him and I don't have a problem, even though he technically still owes me since he said it was a loan. But um, I just noticed when he wants something from me or really wants my attention, it switches from pops to daddy. But either way, those are his chosen titles. Um, and so he knew first that I was coming home. And of course, I told my 15-year-old you know, autistic son next. Um, when I had my monthly phone call with him, and I'm going to get into that rant in a minute. Um, and of course, the youngest, the nine year old was the last to know mainly just because it's a little harder to get hold of him for different reasons. Um, so 
and I told them in advance. It's not like I, I said the week before, oh, I'm going home. No, I booked this trip at the beginning of August um, or actually end of July, I think. So they knew going on, going in that I was coming home and my oldest son was really excited. He was like, I can't wait to see you. Um, and he's able to be a little bit more affectionate with me now. I just want to throw it out there, um, which is fine. I have no problem with. Um, it's good for him to be able to express his feelings. And, you know, if he has developed a fondness for me, so much the better, right? Um, my middle son was obviously looking forward to it. And I want to say this. All of my children, all three of my sons anyway, need constant reassurance. Um, and I give that verbally as much as I can, but I really felt that my sons, you know, after having been gone almost a year, because I left in October, really needed reassurance from me in person. They need, you know, to see me physically and, you know, for me to be able to look them in the eye and have some of these conversations that I've had with them by phone. Um, and for all three of them, it's for different reasons, uh, all related to their past. Sure. But it's different reasons. There's different kinds and levels of trauma between the three. So I understand this about them. This is why I wanted to make this trip and purely, you know, on a selfish side myself, I wanted the trip for myself. I needed a little reassurance, you know, from my sons that, you know, I guess in person, I just need to, you know, see that they still, you know, view me as dad, meaning that I'm not biologically their father. You know, sometimes that little bit of doubt kind of creeps in. Do they look at me differently, especially with me not, you know, living in the same city or even state as them now? So that was the real reason for this trip. And I add that in just in case some other people are listening and did not get to see me on this particular trip home. I was really there for my kids. If you saw me, it was because I had time in between trying to get to them and other things that I had to do while I was there. So don't take it personal. If you didn't see me, I didn't leave out anybody on purpose. But if I couldn't reach you, or frankly, if you didn't reach out to me after seeing, you know, me talking about it, you know, all over social media that I was coming home, eh, well, you know, it is what it is. Catch me next time, which probably will not be until next year unless there is an emergency that requires me to go get one of my children. Um, so let's sum up the problems that kind of started right from the get-go. Um, before I even got there, uh, my middle child, the 15-year-old, the problem I have is, you know, he's in a residential facility. He's very far outside of St. Louis. He's actually almost two and a half hours away. Um, this facility I have a problem with because they only let him call me once a month with his therapist and his fucking therapist does not understand that when I say I don't need a fucking email before you call me, just pick up the damn phone and call. He doesn't like that method and I don't fucking like him because I'm used to talking to my, you know, my son at least two or three times a week. I am used to getting a random phone call and, you know, knowing it is my son, even though I don't necessarily say the number because he's calling from a facility, so the digits might change. You know, I'm used to knowing it's him. I'm used to hearing about his day. I'm used to hearing about his problems. I'm used to being able to help talk 
through things and help him through things that he's struggling with because that's what I've always done. That's what I did even when I was in St. Louis, when he was in the facility. They were allowed to call me at any point in time. I've always put out there that I am a resource, so use me. You know, if he's having a rough day and you need someone to help calm him down, I'm fairly good at that. He will listen to me, even in some of his most elevated states. Keep in mind, he is autistic, so there are times where he may go completely off the deep end and nobody's bringing him down until he's ready to come down. But I can help prevent us from getting to that point at least eight times out of ten. Now, if you call me when he's, you know, already, you know, on a scale of one to ten, if he's already sitting at eight or, or nine and you wait until then to call me instead of calling me when you realize he was starting to elevate around about five or six, you might be a little fucked and you're in for a tantrum. Um, so the problem with this also was his birthday was on the 23rd. I distinctly have been asking him for months because I know it takes him a while to come around to things sometimes what he wanted for his birthday. But all he could think of is what he usually asks me for, which are coloring books and snacks. He's a fucking kid. He likes sweets. He likes to color. It helps him cope. It helps him calm himself. And I am of the opinion that any fucking thing that keeps y'all from having to restrain him, you should be on board with. But his douche nozzle of a worker on the campus tells me he has too much of that, so I can't bring him more. Well, what the fuck would you like me to bring him, lady? So it takes me a month and a half to finally get them to say, okay, we'll bring him some shoes. He needs some more shoes. And that's mainly because he had asked me for it, but I normally don't get him clothes while he's in the facility. I leave that to the vouchers. But since I didn't have any fucking thing else to get him, fine, I'll go get him some damn shoes. Um, however, um, once I got there, you know, the, it was a long trip. I had to schedule, they had to reschedule it because originally I was saying Monday. I didn't see him until Tuesday, um, because they had to reschedule and that was for a medical appointment. So I can't really bitch, but you know, he does have some medical issues that I, you know, really do want him to get help with. He has a problem with his back. Ironically, same time as I'm having problems with my own. Uh, for different reasons. His is part of puberty. Mine is complicated, apparently. Um, but I got there. I spent an hour and a half or so with him. We got to talk. We got to see each other face to face. I realized, you know, as parents sometimes do, you know, some you blink and then all of a sudden your kid is six inches taller and he's grown almost uh, at least a solid four inches since I last saw him. He's now an inch shorter than me and I'm around five foot nine, nine, five foot nine and a half, somewhere in there. As he's uh, had just gone to the doctor. So he remembered what they told him. He's five foot eight. He wears size 10 shoe. You know, he's a big growing kid and you know, his voice is developing. So his voice is a little deeper now, which I've noticed that over the phone, but it's the same in person. And, you know, he's just maturing. Um, so overall, it was a good visit. And I got to help him connect with some people he hasn't been able to talk to. So uh, I have, you know, contact info for his biological uncle. Um, I have some for his sister. And, you know, I, I managed to get him in touch with a couple of different people that he had not been able to speak to, which is always good because, you know, he needs reminding, you know, he has a very traumatic past. So he needs reminding that there are people around that love and care for him. And I wish this fucking facility would understand that treating him like a goddamn prisoner where he can only call each person one time a month 
is horrible for a child who suffered the trauma and the separation that he's had all of his life. You know, from day one, he's had a trauma-filled life. And it is hard for him to accept love. And when he finally finds it, normally he sabotages it. Honestly, that's part of our problem. But I don't love him any less. And I had made a promise to him that I would always be his dad. He still thinks of me as dad, still calls me dad. Believe me, I asked. I made sure that he hadn't suddenly switched and started calling me by my name. Um, Because I fight kids, you know. My kids don't get to call me by my name generally, with the exception of the youngest one for different reasons. So that was a, a good part of my visit. It was, and at the time that I got there, I thought he was the only one I was going to see. So, and we're going to get to that now. I was not able to reach my 18-year-old at all. Um, and I didn't think I was going to be able to reach my 9-year-old because his foster father would not fucking answer me. And let's harp on the, the, the younger one first because... I'm so frustrated with his situation. If you've gone back, if you've listened to my show since the beginning, you know I've had problems with my youngest child because of his birth parents. Um, he and his siblings have all been in care uh, going on four years at this point. And thanks to his birth parents and one of the foster parents lying in court for the birth parents, they still have rights. And when I left Missouri last year, my youngest son was supposed to be going to his biological father. He did not. He went to the foster father who actually had him before me and could not handle him, and which is why I had him for the entire year and a half, almost two years that I had him. I have maintained contact with my youngest child ever since I left. I was literally on the phone with him the day after I left because the behaviors that I dealt with the you know majority of the time that I had him, his foster father, his new one slash old one is was now dealing with and you know the stealing, the hoarding, and all that. So and apparently he's still dealing with it a little bit at least. But I called weeks ago to let him know when I would be in town and here came the first problem. I wanted him on the weekend when I arrived because that made the most sense. You know, I understood that I would be coming when school had started. So it made more sense to get him, you know, on days when he wouldn't be at school. I'm informed that the fucking sperm donor, because that's what his biological father is, sperm donor, has decided to start getting him every weekend. Now, I would also like to point out that when I left, the only thing his father had to do, the only thing the sperm donor had to fucking do was let the state inspect his home, clear it, because the same way that I as a foster father had to, they need a home study. They need to come inspect the home and say it was safe for the kids there and that they had a space for them. We are now almost a year, we are over a year after that edict was made because that was at a court hearing last July. July 2020. Here we are September of 2021 and he still hasn't done this, but he was able to go off and get married and have my son and you know his older brother in the fucking wedding. So you can pay for a wedding, have them come be in the wedding to showboat to everyone like you're doing some kind of responsible fatherly shit. 
but you can't actually do this one little thing to get them out of foster care, living with you, the man that helped spawn them. All right. So I wasn't allowed to get him on the weekend, which I thought was fucking stupid because I'm like, even if he is getting them every weekend, he can miss one fucking weekend for a connection that he himself said he wanted his son to maintain. Okay. But fine. I said, well, I'm there until Wednesday. So, you know, when I get there, I, you know, I'll call in whichever day is good for you. I'll come get him for a few hours. Well, since I knew, you know, I wasn't able to get him on the weekend. I didn't call him Saturday or Sunday. I called him on Monday and got absolutely no response anytime I tried. I could not get a response until three in the afternoon on Tuesday. I would also like to point out that my flights left at noon and we have to get to the airport early. So I had to be at the airport by 10 o'clock in the morning the next morning. And, of course, it's a school night, so I can only have him for a limited time. So I couldn't get a hold of his foster father until fucking 3 in the afternoon, which means I couldn't get my son until 5 o'clock. And I had to have him back by 8 because his bedtime was 8.30. Now, I'm a little pissed about that. Then I get him, and I discover something that I knew had been going on for a while. My child is out of his medication. He takes Adderall. He has ADHD. And you notice a difference in his energy level and his ability to control himself when he has not taken his Adderall that day. So I got him. Um, as agreed at 5 o'clock. Um, and we're in the car. We're driving. And he's good. We're talking. You know, catching up. I got a very big hug when, when I first got there. He ran and jumped in my arms, which is refreshing to me because, you know, there's that irrational fear that I will get replaced in his in his mind and his heart with the current foster father. And no, there's there's very different roles for the current foster father and for me. You know, somewhere there's some recognition of how far he and I got during the, the time that I had him. And I've kept in contact. So, you know, I, I know that he had missed me. It's just refreshing to, you know, see the evidence of. Um, but I, re I realized over the three hours that I had him, he was really, really hyper. Hadn't had his meds. And I asked about it. And, of course, he's, he can tell me, he said the insurance said it was too soon to fill. Keep in mind, he's nine. And he knows that term. Now, the, cap the fun part about this is I know that this has been a problem for several months. Every month for about the past five or six months, this has been a problem where the they go to get a refill and the insurance says it's too soon to fill. And a few days later, I'll get an email when it fills. Now, this wasn't on purpose. This was I separated my online account through the pharmacy. I removed him from my online account, but it did not remove me from the system. So somehow Walgreens system got it fucked up and keep sending me his alerts every time they feel his meds or, you know, a problem occurs, blah, blah, blah. I have been seeing these emails for a while. So I asked, what's going on? Are you taking too much? What, what are you doing? You know, you're only supposed to take one a day. He said, no, that would mean I would overdose and I don't want to do that. Smart kid, right? 
but he is out of medicine. So the question now becomes, there's one adult in this household, by the way. Who the hell is taking so much of his medicine? Where is his medicine disappearing to that constantly leaves him going days without it? Daisy, he has to go to school and try and focus. And to his credit, I mean, you know, according to him, he was good that day. But good is a relative term with my nine-year-old. So good might mean I didn't punch anybody in the face today, but I was still all over and acting crazy and barely able to stay in my seat or focus. But I'm not going to dig too deep, but I did hear that he still is being told that the plan is for him to go to the fucking sperm donor. But nobody has explained to him or his brother why they're not already with this man. No one has explained to them that they were already supposed to be there. And if daddy would get his fucking shit together, you would be with him instead of still in a foster home. No one's explaining this. There's probably a good reason for this, because given their track record, he's not intending to get him. And I'm not going to have this conversation with a nine-year-old. It's not, at this point, it's not my place. But I can see the writing on the wall. I'm a little suspicious about his medicine. I am going to say, well, I personally suspect that either it's not put up where it should be and one of the other kids getting into it, or... Perhaps his parent is taking it because, you know, for us neurotypical people, it gives you a little boost to take some Adderall. I am, I do not have, you know, evidence, so it's not like this is something that I can report. And eventually this will get flagged by his insurance that this is constantly a problem and they'll have to make his casework available. So then at some point his foster father is going to have to explain why the hell he keeps running out of medicine days too soon. You're getting a 30 count every month. And I know this because I I only ran out of meds for this child one time. And that was the time that he got into his meds when I thought they were up high enough where he couldn't reach. And apparently he could. And he didn't take all of them. He just opened the damn capsules and spilled the contents all over my damn floor. So I dealt with about 15 days of him not having medicine because I made an error in judgment in in thinking that something on a top shelf was unreachable for him. Learned my fucking lesson. This time, it doesn't seem to be that because I've talked to the foster father and I will also say this. The last several times I've talked to the foster father, he seemed real short-tempered, like he was in a hurry. I have seen that effect on adults that use Adderall that aren't supposed to be on it. So take from that what you will. Not real pleased about that situation. And I see that the courts are content to drag this process out with his worthless ass sperm donor, you know, basically doing what he did when I was going to the court hearings, coming in and lying and or saying he's doing stuff. And I know this foster father will lie for him because he did it before. And it's going to, but he's still not doing enough to actually get them. And it's going to continue perpetually until these children age out of the fucking system. And guess what? He's only, he's nine going on 10. His brother is probably just turned 12 or is getting ready to turn 12. So that means six to eight more years of this shit because they refused to terminate rights when they had the fucking chance. And when it became an available option, when it had been proven 
through documentation from me and every other foster parent except this dipshit that they weren't doing their job. And then this brings me to my last son, the oldest. I could not reach him, and I am distressed a little bit by it because when I got there, I texted him to let him know. Didn't get a response. Very unusual for me not to get a response at all within a day. I called. His phone was going directly to voicemail. He's a fucking teenager. Please tell me if any of you know a teenager that turns their goddamn phone off because mine does not. And I know he doesn't. Like... He sleep when he lived with me, he would go to sleep on the phone with his supposed to be girlfriend. And I would wake up in the morning and I would hear them still on the phone. They'd plug it in on the charger, and that's how they would go to sleep. It's fucking weird, right? So I know he never turns his phone off. He never turned it off at work. He never. But it was going straight to voicemail. Like it's it's you know, he's turned it off. That's abnormal. Then on Monday, it went off as in the bill hadn't been paid. Given my son's track record, I am nervous. I am concerned that he is in jail, to be quite perfectly honest. He is officially 18 years old. He is an adult. Anything he does now, he's getting tried as an adult. There's no question on it. And because I know that there was some toxicity in his relationship, and then I know that he has friends that don't have the same goals in life as him and are, you know, determined to kind of keep him in trouble because that's what they do. One way or another, it seems most likely that he's in jail. And and since he knew exactly when I was coming, we talked earlier in the week. So he knew I was coming and he was too excited to see me. I think that, you know, it's, it's a safe assumption and I don't exactly have a way to find out for sure. Um, I'm working on it. I did not have his mother's contact info anymore. He does not have caseworkers anymore. So I didn't have anyone else that I could reach out to to find out. This is just my suspicion at this point based on behavior and what's going on, honestly. Um, This kind of leaves me stuck in the waiting game, waiting for him to get back in touch with me so that I can tell him, like, yo, you, I came to see you and I um, couldn't get hold of you. Um, and that pretty much, you know, sums up, you know, my, my visit as far as with the kids. Um, I did see some of my friends while I was there. I made sure to see my best friend, you know, the one that's on the show, Kit. Um, I tried to see others, but like I said, I was really there for my kids. So I did quite a bit of running and then I had things that I needed to do. Um, and I'm, I kind of scheduled my time in with those that slotted me in, you know, I went to dinner with friends. I went over to a friend's house, like, and I needed some time to rest because frankly, I've been exhausted for quite a while now. I needed the time down to rest. Now the traveling wasn't exactly restful, but you know, while I was there, I did need to take some downtime and just to relax and, you know, do some of the things that I miss from back home, like the food, specifically the Chinese food. There is no Chinese food like St. Louis Chinese food. I've been several other places. This isn't necessarily the first time I've moved away from St. Louis. And no, no one else's Chinese food comes close. Definitely not here in Phoenix. I ain't found shit remotely like it. So I had to get that as soon as I got there. And, you know, I had a couple of different, you know, 
issues while I was there outside of the kids. Like, the hotel room that I reserved was run by fucking morons, so they couldn't figure out how to run my debit card. So, I didn't get the room I originally reserved because the moron kept typing in the number wrong. And I'm telling him he's typing it wrong. And he's telling me, well, no, it says it's declined. Of course it's declined. Fuck what? You're typing in the wrong number. So, I had to find a new hotel room. And not always easy doing short notice, but I found one. Um, and then there was just, you know, a lot of phone tag with people. Me reaching out and like, hey, you know, I'm here. But I'm only going to reach out once. And if I don't hear back, then fuck it, because I really didn't come for y'all anyway. I came for the kids. That was my main focus, my main goal with being there. And um, I did, you know, I didn't do too much in the way of like shopping or anything because I didn't want to have to bring back too much with me. But I wanted to get things that I can't get while I'm here. And... You know, some things have occurred to me. Um, It has been brought to my attention, you know, that people that I know, family or whatever, feel, you know, some kind of way because I don't reach out to them. And I would like to address that little situation because the fuck is wrong with you people? I don't reach out to anyone. I don't know why some people think that they are so fucking special that I will reach out to you first when I don't even reach out to my mom first. That's not, and that's just my own personality. I'm not the type of social that I feel the need to reach out to people first. I respond to those that reach out to me. Meaning, if you are on whatever fucking side of the family and you decide that you want to be closer to me, your cousin, nephew, whatever the fuck, and you have me on, you know, as a friend on Facebook, message me, asshole. Sit around bitching and complaining and just asking, you know, my parents, well, how is he doing? We're friends on Facebook. Scroll down the page if you don't feel like reaching out to me. There, that'll tell you who I am. Or, you know, be fucking adults. Reach out to me that way. You want to exchange numbers? Fine. If I don't have a particular beef with you, then I don't have a problem with that. And I don't have a beef with most of my family, with the exception of the ones that I bash on this show on the regular. So, if you're wondering how I'm doing or you're wanting to reconnect, great. Don't expect me to be the first to reach out. That's just the way I am. I stay to myself because when I'm to myself, I am at peace. I am here in my home for the first time in almost a week. And I am more at peace right now than I definitely was at that hotel room. The only advantage to the hotel room was they had a king-size bed. Okay? I, I do kind of miss that part. I have a queen-size. Now I'm thinking I need a king. One day. Other than that, I like being in my own space to myself, you know, where I feel comfortable. So, it's not like, you know, it's not necessarily that I'm too busy to reach out to you. It is that I just fucking don't. I don't want to. I don't reach out to anyone. People reach out to me. They call and check on me. Yes, occasionally I call and reach out to people for whatever reason at the time. But by and large, most people call me first. My mom calls me first. What the fuck makes any of the rest of you think that you are more special than the woman who gave me life? Let me answer that for you. You're fucking not. So if you want to know how I'm doing, what I'm doing, what's going on in my life, 
I mean, aside from listening to the podcast, which, by the way, feel free, contact me. Fuck. All these damn social medias I have, use them. And that way, you know, even if I don't like someone else in the family or maybe, especially on my dad's side, if I'm not talking to him that fucking period, time period, if I haven't talked to him in a month, uh, he didn't know what I'm doing other than I'm still alive because he follows my damn Facebook page. Do the same. It's not that hard. And I'm not really a funny acting type of person. So, you know, if I'm mad at you, you would know. Trust me. Have you heard me? You'll know if I'm pissed. I'm not really pissed at anybody other than, you know, my youngest child's fucking idiot foster father and his biological parents. They suck. But as far as my family and my friends, I'm not really pissed at anybody right now. So if you want to know something, then reach out and fucking ask. Now, obviously, I realize I'm not back home in St. Louis anymore. Well, duh. I had to get the hell away from there. Some of y'all need to, too. But that doesn't stop you from sending a message. Hey, cuz, how you doing? Hey, nephew, how you doing? Whatever, Whoever the fuck is, is having the question. I don't mind answering. Like, it doesn't bother me, especially by text. I, you know, that, that enables me to stay in contact, but not necessarily have to sit and hold a damn phone. So, just had to kind of get that out there. Um, and I'm going to, you know, touch on, you know, now that I've been home, I had to reflect back on something. Because um, when I first got in the air over St. Louis, I felt that, you know, kind of rush of finally I'm home. And then, you know, that quickly wears off. Because while this is the home that I was born to, it wasn't the home that I meant to stay in. And the one thing that kind of gives me a bit of guilt is the fact that I do have three sons still there. And even though we can reach each other by phone and text message and video calls and all that if we really want to, you know, it's harder in a sense, not being the one, you know, that they live with, that they're with physically. And, you know, I was used to, and still used to, looking out for their welfare, probably above my own. But I also understand that literally the only thing that would make me want or consider coming back there are my kids. And I think it's better for them that I am mentally healthy enough to parent them than for me to be there and be miserable. Because me, you know, being miserable is not going to lead to a very productive parenting role. So it kind of solidified that I'm happy that I made the decision to move. I wish, especially with my youngest, that I could have taken him with me. The oldest, I understand why he's not with me, and it's because of his own actions. You know, he was, is my hard-headed child. He has to learn every single thing the hard way. He cannot just be told that thing you're doing is fucking stupid and don't do that. He has to bump his head against the wall repeatedly until he figures it out for himself. And that that means that, you know, when I you know, released him from my home. That was the only way he was going to learn to respect rules and boundaries. And that 
it's not just that dad gives you rules and boundaries. You have those wherever you go in society. And when you don't follow society's rules, the consequences tend to be a little harder than getting yelled at by pops. And, you know, in the event that he happens to be in jail right now, I guess he's probably learning that lesson again. My youngest, I, you know, when I left, I thought I was leaving him to the man that hired him. You know, he, he only had one fucking thing to do. One fucking thing. So I can't allow myself to keep beating myself up over that situation when I did, I followed the information that I was given. I went to the court hearing. They said they wanted to move back to kids. They said the last damn thing this man had to do was a home visit, a home study, and the kids would return home. And here we are, 10 months later, 11 months later, actually, and still hasn't fucking been done. You know, 11 months after I left, still has not done this one fucking thing. But it's so damn insensitive that he can get married and have the kids in the wedding. Which costs money, which he fucking paid for. But can't do this. And it shows, you know, a, a, that should show the state. He really doesn't give a shit. But he gave a shit. You know what? If it comes down to if if the issue is that he doesn't have enough space for all the kids in the house... He's got to get a bigger house and you just drop 10, 20 grand or whatever the fuck on this wedding. A parent would say we can get married and do a ceremony down the fucking road, but I need a bigger space for my children. So I'm going to go use this money that we're going to spend on the wedding and get that bigger space. And if anybody were to say, well, that's not fair to his wife, bitch, if you are a woman, and a mother, because she is a mother of at least four children of her own, by the way. And you are willing to lay next to a man who you know has sired two other children that he is not personally taking care of. You aren't really qualified as a woman or mother, are you? Feel free to disagree with me on that one, but I'm going to stand by that damn statement. Because a real woman would be goading him like, yo, you need to go get your kids. A real woman wouldn't have been willing to marry him until he had his own damn kids. Because before she came in the picture, he was in his kid's life. Before she popped up and they were suddenly fucking engaged, because it was very sudden, by the way. He was supposed to be working on getting his own place specifically to get his boys. Because the reason that I got his son and he didn't get him the first place when he first got out of jail was A, he just got out of jail. B, he was living with his brother and they had no fucking room for them. So you went from your brother's house to this broad's house and this broad is, is content to let you raise her kids. Because when he brought the kids around, he had us thinking the little one, he was calling them his kids. But the problem was the math didn't add up because if you had been in jail for seven fucking years... And she got a three-year-old. That kid clearly don't belong to you. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, that a kid, you know, is less yours just because they're biologically not yours. But I am saying that it didn't make any fucking sense for this woman that you suddenly met and suddenly brought into these kids' life and have my son call him mama, which was confusing as shit because it's not his mother. And he didn't even know this woman. It's different if you, you know, had been with this woman for years and... He had known this as his as his stepmother. No, he didn't know this bitch. And 
you sitting around running around with her damn kids, but you can't get your kids out. And do you not think that sends a message to your child that he's unwanted? Because trust me, sweetie, I spent a year and a half in fucking therapy with him. Dealing with all of these emotions, these big emotions that are running through his little body. And they're still fucking there because every opportunity this bastard throws in their face that he really doesn't want them. And how can I argue with that? How can his current foster father argue that when you can only come get them on the weekends now? However, for seven fucking months during the beginning of this pandemic, you didn't call your children at all. Didn't call and check them. Had no fucking idea if they were still alive. How would you? Because you weren't calling and checking. And it wasn't that you couldn't call and check. My phone number has been the same for seven years. I haven't changed this fucking number since 2014. And my phone was owned. My bill was paid because guess what? I work. And I've been fortunate enough during the pandemic to consistently maintain work. So I can pay my fucking phone bill. Okay, all this shit. Very simple to do. So, you couldn't call them at all them seven months. But see, now, I'm going to throw this little secret out there too, because this is what we do here. The whole reason that you're playing daddy now is because you go to church with their current foster father. Isn't it fun how these fake-ass Christians act? So you confront for the church, so you're going to show up to church you know, drop them off, you know, to him when y'all are meeting at church so that you can fake like, oh, I'm trying, I'm, look at me, I'm working hard trying to get my kids back. No, the fuck you're not. Because if you were concentrated on getting your kids back, I, again, I maintain your wedding could have been postponed. It could have waited. If what you need is space, which I'm assuming that's the only thing that it could be, aside from the fact that you don't actually want to raise your sons, but you will raise another man's sons. If I had biological sons of my own that I was well aware of and, and had been presented to me, trust me, I would do whatever it took to get them. But I don't have that. So me raising other people's kids makes a little bit more sense. You raising other people's kids when you have your children, you know they're yours. One of them's named after you. The other one is your fucking twin. And you just won't do this one little thing to go get them? Frankly, it didn't even make any sense for you to be living with this broad. If she don't have the space for it, because all she got is space for her kids, why did y'all even move in together? Because trust me, they haven't even known each other a year. They hadn't been involved for a year because when he got out of prison, he was still fucking the, my son's mother, the birth giver, who is every bit as worthless, if not more, than he is because this bitch ain't managed to maintain a job for more than two weeks the entire time I've been on their case. Every single time that she's managed to get a job within two weeks, she has a new one, which sounds good, except for the fact that it's a whole lot of her getting fucking fired, which means she's not making a whole lot of money. And these aren't the most complex jobs. It's not like these are fucking six figure jobs, bro. These are jobs where she's probably making about 10 G's a year and she still can't maintain them. Okay. It's a little frustrating to deal with their situation with my oldest son. My frustration with him is more that I have talked to him about the situation that he's in and I know I can help 
but I needed him to come to me. And first, we had to wait for him to turn 18. Now, it depends on what his legal situation has become because, as I stated, I'm almost convinced that he's in jail. Um, if he does want to come here, I have said that I would allow him to do so. I do still have rules. They will change a little bit because he is an adult now, so I don't feel the need to throw curfews on him. But I would be, you know, attempting to kind of guide him on the path that he has chosen. So last I heard, he wanted to go in the fucking Navy. Um, and, you know, that would be my goal. If that's what you still want to do, then I'm going to get you there. If you decide you want to do something else, I can get you there too. But, you know... You can't do the same things that you were doing and expect different results. Isn't that like the definition of insanity? Um, that pretty much, I mean, honestly, that kind of sums up the trip. I, you know, I had some minor nitpicks. Um, honestly, the flight back was a lot rougher. Uh, the flight to St. Louis was easier. We were able to social distance. It wasn't a full flight. Um, you know, so there was a seat in between me and the other person. We do have to maintain wearing our masks the entire flight. You don't get to take them off at all, uh, which is fine. You know, safety first and all that shit. Um, for myself, you know, this also gave me a little bit of a perspective in my health, I guess, because, you know, um, I've had a number of procedures you know, done on my back, uh, trying to alleviate the pain. And I have four bulging discs in my back, apparently. Don't know how. Don't ask me. Don't know. Don't really give a shit as long as we can fix them. So, you know, I've begun treatments for that. Um, so walking through these airports was a bit of a chore. Um, could be worse. Uh, you know, I admit when the pains first started, it, it would have been a lot worse. But, um... That, that does kind of let me know that there's still quite a bit more work to do just based on the amount of pain that I ended up in afterwards. Um, recovered fine. Um, I did have a good time with, you know, uh, the friends and family that I did see. I also got a interesting perspective um, for my writing as I was talking to one of my friends um, about my books. So I got some really good ideas for things to do for the Dragon Hunter series and the Coven series. Um, so expect some interesting developments, some some changes um, in both of those series um, as I am working to, you know, the next book I have switched back for the Dragon Hunters will be Andreas's second book, um, Lost Vengeance, was the title I gave it, and I'm going to keep it. Um... But I've, I've kind of discovered some things for the book after that, which will be Adonis as planned. There's going to be a, a few tweaks to kind of make that story interesting. And on the Coven side, there's definitely going to be some changes, obviously, given how the second book ended. So I had some ways to kind of work on other characters to bring them a little bit more to prominence um 
and I'm, I'm grateful that I got to have that conversation because some couple of things were suggested to me that I never would have thought of. And they're minor details, but I think it'll help, you know, for people that look a little bit more like me. Um, I will say also, um, you know, outside of seeing family and friends, I didn't do, you know, much else in St. Louis. I didn't come for any escapades of any sorts, you know, of an adult nature, though they were offered, nah, I wasn't interested. That's not where I'm at right now. Um, I kind of, this trip was necessary for me. It was necessary for me to reconnect with my kids. And now, um, I still have to deal with the oldest cause I have to find him. And once I do find him, we will tackle whatever his difficulty is at that point. Um, Again, you know, there were some friends that I miss, you know, getting to some of them that I talked to that I was trying to get to and my schedule just did not work out in that way. And that's, look, it is what it is at this point. I can't be, um, I was only there five days and really two of those days were spent traveling. So I really was only there for three days. Um, I kind of needed to have spent more time um, in order to, you know, be able to get to more people, honestly. Um, But since I accomplished most of my primary goal, that was what was the most important to me. don't really have much else to add. I don't intend to go back this year, like I told my son, unless I have to come back and get one of my sons. Uh, there's no other reason to come back at this point for the remainder of this year. I'll always visit because St. Louis is always going to be home. It's where I was born. It's where I was raised. But the trips won't be as frequent. I have other things in the works where if certain things fall the way I want them to, I'll be able to travel more. So maybe I'll be able to pop in and out for a while, but I'm not planning a visit for the rest of this year, especially because once it's going into the winter months, who the hell is trying to go down there when it might snow? I moved here to get the fuck away from the snow. I'm trying to keep it that way. Um, that was pretty much all the observations I had on it. And I just kind of wanted to, you know, do this update to talk about the trip and get some things off my chest. Um, we will return to whatever the hell our regularly scheduled programming is on whenever the hell the next show I record is. Um, I may, you know, I may be convinced to do some more wrestling reviews. I may go into other topics. I have, Mm, character analysis um, to do. So for several other notable characters in the series, I want to do analysis shows on them to explain their background, what went into creating them and so forth. So um, there are several. And if you have a particular character you want to hear about, then let me know. Um, you know how to reach me always on my social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are all at Draco's Den or on my website, Draco'sDen.com. I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. Hope everyone's being safe. Um, and I will talk to you guys later.